about the the net net me game that's coming up and what coach taylor is gonna do i'm ryan shealy here with matthew rather Howdy. all the time now what do you think do you think matt that that coach taylor is going to play voodoo tatum or matt saracen i think this is an easy call what do you think well i don't know about that ryan but i just know that coach taylor's got to put one in the w column he's just got to start winning football games that's why we hired him and that's why he's here it's true, because if we ain't winning those football games, our lives are over. There is no meaning anymore, I'll tell you what. <laughs> so here we are. We, here we are back uh, with these football and teenagers, uh, the, the, pot, the, the bi-weekly, or bi-weekly, um, <laughs> semi-weekly, the every other weekly um, subset or, or alternation of the These Fucking Teenagers podcast, where we, we now focus on... Um, Friday Night Lights, and uh, uh, Matt and I today are talking about uh, episodes three and four, mostly four, of season uh, one of Friday Night Lights, um, and we, we, we at least did a little bit of um, uh, plot synopsis. I don't think there are any actually any actual football games um, in this uh, in in these two episodes. There is uh, at, the be- at the beginning of three. Right. It's there's flashback. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some flashback. Or no no no. You're no, right. No, there's, it there's continues continue. right on from two, where you see right. the the sort of kickoff of of the game, and it's a it's a sort of humiliating defeat, and right, and it's uh, you know Saracen like. Um, uh, oh, guy finally, like finds a receiver at the last moment, but he's tackled right before the yeah. before the end or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, right, these episodes really, you know, so so what's going on at least in in the textual world here is that now that there's been a loss, now already they're they're starting to you know, get ready to drive coach Taylor out of town. Um, and, and, you know, Saracen get, has his football sign vandalized. Um, and, and, and everyone is getting desperate. Right. And, and it's, 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 it's an amazing thing how in some ways this is actually more crisis mode, even than Jason street being injured. I mean, and, and in some ways it's only an ex- escalation because it's like more of a sign that the season's not going well, not because like someone, you know, that, that a, a talented young man was, was paralyzed. Um, and, and so now these, these two episodes are the run up, both the aftershocks of that loss and the run up to, um, the game against their, their rival Arnett Mead. Um, so, so let's, let's jump right in. I mean, I, I guess let's, let's start with, um, let's start with, with, with episode four and we'll kind of work our ways, um, forward and backwards, um, from, from there, because you know, that this Arnett Mead game is they're, they're the rivals. Um, and so this is, this is, uh, there are a number of traditions that go along with rivalry week. Um, and it's a very important set of days. And I think that you, um, you Matt, um, noticed some interesting things there, but in some of the rituals that we, that we saw in rivalry week. 
Yeah, well, I was thinking about the, you know, the role, the kind of the importance and the, the, how it functions with uh, the, uh, what is that, praxis of ritual actions. Um, and, you know, ritual actions like the kind of ritualized acting out of a rivalry, you know, because like a, a high school football rivalry is, or even a college football rivalry, like, you don't hate those people, you know, they're not, they're not actually men coming to kill you, mm. uh, to, you know, mm. I don't know, take mm. your women and to salt mm. the earth behind them, right? Like, it's, uh, it, it's not that. It's, it's maybe an echo of that, but it's become so abstracted out from that. Uh, that it's just, I mean, it's just a, I won't say an empty ritual because it's full of, it's full of social meaning, but the, the meaning is entirely conventional. That is to say, we've yeah. sort of decided, we've decided what these, what these things mean. And so the, the, um, you know, the vandal, vandalizing the locker room or, or things like this, I mean, these are, these are actual, like physical aggressions, right? I, you know, they're against, it's against the law to vandalize, to trespass, to break and enter. But um, they're, they're they're targeted at they're targeted as precursors to a fake aggression or to a very managed mm, aggression mm, of a mm, football mm. game. And that's, I mean, isn't that an interesting sort of inverted relationship? That is to say, we're going to actually attack you. Uh, you know, preparatory to, preliminary to the football game in which we pretend to attack you or we, we enact an attack under these it's, very circumstantial conditions. It's like the, the prolegomena to any future violencing. Like, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's an interesting, I mean, I think there's, so there's a few different interpretations, right? So there's, there's one, I mean, an alternative view here is that this is actually just part of the like as football is ritualized violence this is also a a set um is 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 also ritualized and sublimated violence right and 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 that it's kind of controlled and so i think about i forget if we talked about this on the last that is to um, say they're they're legitimate and illegitimate subjects for for vandalism right exactly exactly you know i'm uh i am a student and casual academic laborer at uh the university of california los angeles you may have heard of it it's in los angeles it's in los angeles it's in los angeles it is it is actually it is the the 90095 zip code and the um the bruin bear you know the kind of statue that represents the mascot of the team uh right out in front of the gym right in the kind of central uh nexus of two you know big pedestrian walkways on campus um pedestrian walkways is uh is redundant i guess pedestrian thoroughfares on campus uh gets you know splattered (laughs) with with red and gold paint you know every time uh the game between ucla and usc is coming up right it gets Mm. it gets Mm. vandalized uh or at least it was last year so that this year they've they've erected a prophylactic like shell around it they've put like (laughs) scaffolding around the bruin bear so that the bruin bear is not dishonored you know what i mean um and like so this is a this is a legitimate much much like the the testicles that are placed on John the statue of John Harvard's uh forehead during the rivalry week between Yale and Harvard uh which we're in the midst of right now. Right, absolutely. <laughs> I, and there's a special there's a special testicle proof uh uh scaffolding uh, around around John Harvard's cranium to, hey. to protect him both from uh from Yaleys and from uh from Occupy Harvard who's trying to occupy John Harvard's forehead. You know, with their, I mean uh, John Harvard is- if he's determined to get balls on his forehead, John Harvard is going to get some balls on his forehead. That's just the kind of guy that he is. 
I, you know, I think I think that's right. I mean, he's <laughs> he's asking for it, really. <laughs> bula bula, uh, bula so, bula. Yeah. So, um, uh, oh, I mean, rich, just rich, as, rich as, as an aside, as an aside, I would love to see the Dylan Panthers play football against the Yale any Yale Bulldogs team ever, <laughs> because it would be. I mean. I, I, I don't even know. I think Walter would be- Camp. Walter Camp would sit down and cry if you know. Sorry, Walter, out, out there in the, the the heavens, wherever you are. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, Walter. Can't lose. Yeah, can't. Lose. But um, yeah. What does that say? I mean, that's an interesting logical statement. It's like if if clear eyes and full hearts cannot lose, then if there is losing, then hearts are neither. Then then it is either the case. That right, exactly. Is it, uh, hearts yeah. are empty or eyes are not clear? Well, right? no, yeah, it's clear. I mean, it, you know, you've you notice the lack of conjunctions in that. I think that yeah. like we're yeah. sort of glossing over some of the the logical relationships, right? Is this an and condition? Is this an or condition? Is it an exclusive or condition? Yeah. Where the condition yeah. evaluates positive if one or the other is true, but not both. Uh, you know what I mean? Can you have oh. either clear eyes or full hearts? You know? Right. I mean, they seem to be like um, jointly, um, jointly necessary, right? Yeah, um, sure. That is to say, we see the world as it is, and yet maintain a high level of sentimentality about everything. Yeah, there's a. Um, let's see. There, well, there's a condition, right? That is that is. Uh, I'm trying to think if this would be what's called an inus condition uh, in formal logic um, in causal logic, which is. Uh, let's see if I can remember how how that works. Um, well, it is, is while while you're talking about that. I, no, no, no. So the inus condition is is the idea of uh, it's they're indiv- insufficient but non redundant parts of a condition, which is itself unnecessary but sufficient for the occurrence of the of the effect, right? So that it's they're 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 jointly um so they're 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 so it, like so clear hearts would be sufficient but not necessary um yeah wait so it'd be yeah wait 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 so yeah they're jointly sufficient but individually insufficient and unnecessary sure. right so it's, it's i think it's clear hearts and 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 um, full, you know, clear full hearts and <laughs> clear hearts. Well, you want a clear heart as well. You don't need any arterial. <laughs> so, so right, there are legitimate and illegitimate objects for for sort of vandalism. And like, you know, I think the locker room is fair game, but mm. the brick through the window of the coach's ha- house during the party is not fair game. And that's what that's what escalates the violence to the very sort of non-ritualized violence of beating up Matt Saracen outside, uh, you know, outside the fast food place. Well, there's, but there's one other step uh, there, which is um, Matt Saracen, right? So that, right. I I think you're right that it it goes off the rails pretty fast. Um, And the, uh, the, the, the retaliation for the brick through the the window and for the locker room is um, beating up, the the car of the quarterback of of Arnett Mead right um, and, and it's awesome right it's that um, you know this is this is shortly after Coach Taylor has had the um, had the talk with Matt that says you know he needs to um, he needs to, to to get loose and and shake out some of his stuff and and um, you know ejaculate he says all but ejaculate right right and 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 there is this like amazing they they form a circle jerk around the car of the uh, of the Arnett Mead quarterback back right with all with their various phalli right um, crowbar baseball bat etc 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, they, and play, they play a game of, you know, ookie convertible. <laughs> and, and, and Matt has to eat the convertible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, precisely, precisely. And, and he really, he, he goes to full release, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating, uh, like of, of, of how that I, I, and, you know, re, in rewatching, I hadn't connect connected those, um, directly, but I, I see that kind of, that, that form of phys- physical release and violence as being a the other like achieving the same end by other means. Yeah, it's sex by other means. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And through that, we see the kind of the kind of the homosociality of of football, right? That is to say, like uh, in the way that women in the kind of homoso- the theory of homosociality. Um, uh, Gilbert and Gubar, that Gilbert and Gubar, uh, Elaine Gilbert and Susan Gubar, uh, sort of put forward in The Mad Woman in the Attic, that women are an excuse for men to sort of interact with each other. You right, know I mean? so... Similarly, then, like boning Lila Garrity is Tim Riggins's way of of telling uh, Jason Street that he cares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, because he can't do he can't do it in person because they're all sort of full of. Uh, uh, what are they full of? They're all full of like uh, you know southern rectitude and uh, you know reticence. But um, I think that's interesting. I think that I, I feel like as we go forward, there's that that there's going to be enough evidence to actually kind of test that hypothesis. And I'm not sure that it's it's um, fully supported. I, there may be something else going on with like the the patterns of desire here. Um, you actually, I think. I, I, you know, this is actually interestingly. Like, I don't. Uh, I believe um, in protecting narrative, like thematic and conceptual spoilers, um, much more than I, I. I believe in protecting like narrative spoilers. That's right. Very, so I, I, right. That's very interesting because it actually that goes to what your priorities are for a work of art. Yeah. 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 Uh, the uh, the Dylan that Panthers. Is, that is to say, like, Panthers win the state championship. Uh, uh, at the end of this season. Oh, by do they? The oh <laughs> nice. yes, they do. Thank you. Glad, <laughs> glad to know. But but yeah, but Omar don't spoil. Dies. But don't Omar sp- dies. <laughs> Omar dies. Don't spoil any of the. Uh, don't spoil any of the new ideas yeah. that the show might put in my head. Yeah, yeah that's a very that's a very strange sort of line. But uh, but we walk it, and I'm right there with you. Uh, yeah. I'm right there well, with you on it. Well, because that's why – I mean, and I do – you do watch it because you enjoy the story, and they, they weave a very compelling story that has a lot of these soap opera elements to it. But um, at the same time, it why, why, it's, why we – you know why we have this show is not to to recap that, but is because the the themes as they develop and as they as they are you know interact with the the text is where is where it's interesting, right? If it was just a a you know an essay on 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 masculinity on on, on gender relations relations in class, I mean I would read that. Um, don't get me wrong, but. Um, you know, I I I wouldn't read like you five, know five years. I, I, yeah, five years worth of it. Yeah, I wouldn't read a hundred. Yeah, I wouldn't read a hundred fifty of those papers in a, in a row, right? Sure. Um, and so, so yeah, so I think that I, I think that we don't know uh, exactly um, what is what the the relationship is is about uh, between Tim Riggins and Lila Garrity, um, but I I think that. 
and this is where you start to see i mean the tim riggins i know early at this point in my first time watching was reminding me a lot of of chuck bass um and that in some ways some of the essential characteristics about chuck bass i mean what's interesting is that it's that you know chuck bass's wealth it reveals that like there's like that's less essential to the, the the this character that is Chuck Bass, right? And what what kind of unites um, both the Tim Riggins character and um, the Chuck Bass character is that they're kind they're these they're troubled um, and and are somehow insiders. They're they're ultimate insiders, and yet marginalize themselves uh through both self-sabotage and through through kind of introversion um and 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 i think that that's interesting and and also they're both just very these these kind of um you know man man boys uh a lot of the gossip girl guys are these kind of pretty pretty faced uh man boys um and 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 i think that uh it was named Taylor Kirsch, who plays um, Tim Riggins. It has that kind of that 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 look as well. I mean, a lot of the the actors are very young looking, right? As opposed, yeah, they to, are, and they're in their. I mean, they're in their twenties, I think, as this show is is starting off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they 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 seem more compelling, convincingly young than the than either Gossip Girl or Glee. I mean, I think the only show that's more convincingly showing young. Teenagers is Skins. I think Skins is pretty convincingly. Well, yeah, the only the only other show that we'd consider on TFT. Like if you go yeah, and watch yeah. Nickelodeon there, you know, or the Disney Channel, there's a lot of very convincing young. Yeah, but the, but there are the sixteen year olds. There the sixteen year olds are playing eleven year olds. Right. <laughs> right. Like I our I Carly's totally seventeen. Um, <laughs> she's supposed to be eleven. That's a little creepy. I uh, no, I, I have Why no is idea. that more creepy to me? Why is a seventeen year old playing an eleven year old more creepy than a twenty five year old playing a seventeen year old? I I guess you know I don't know I don't know. If there's grass on the field, continue the podcast. So yes. um, the other ritual uh, action I wanted to talk about was the the um, the party itself, right? And the way the way in which um, uh, Coach Taylor's wife, Mrs. Taylor, C- Counselor Tammy, Taylor, Tammy, 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 thank you, Tammy Taylor. God, this hey this y'all. show, this hey show y'all. is like the wire in that it just it drops you into the the uh, the middle. And watching a couple on Netflix every couple weeks, I don't really get a. Uh, I don't really get continuity. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's and it, it's it's well, and the importance of very char- various characters. Like it's hard to. I mean, obviously, you know that like Matt Saracen is a major character, um, and Jason Street is a major character. But there's lots of people who start peripheral and become more central. Um, yeah. yeah, and and I think that I mean, I, even even Tammy Taylor. Um, I mean, you start to see this in this episode is a co-star here, right? And is a co-main character. And in some ways, both in this episode and, you know, that, that what's going on narratively is also uh, relates is, is somehow thematic that 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 her in kind of saying, you know, in, in pushing back about having to organize this barbecue is also asserting in interesting ways. That this character is not just the coach's wife. Um, in some ways, right? That, that that there's an assertion that I'm a person too. Um, well, yeah, and, that's, and I mean, you see that in the thing where she I can, sticks her, I, I can hate. Sorry, sorry. What, she sticks her head uh, under the, the table when something falls, yeah. and she's like cleaning yeah. up spilled beer. And her her 
line, you know, her lines are, you know, I, I will play my social role up there, but, uh, you know, down here, like I've carved out a little space where I can kind of think what I think. And that's, yeah. um, you know, I don't know. I think that's, that's interesting. And the way, well, the way she can be obligated by this social yeah. expectation, even though she didn't, she didn't consent to it. She's attached to coach Taylor. And, and so she is kind of fair game uh, to have yeah. to play a particular social role as a hostess. Well, and the, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, that that relates to, I mean, as, as, as you described, that reminds me of a concept that I don't know that we've talked about on this, um, on this, this show before, but it, it, uh, a political scientist named Jim who we have talked about, um, came uh, articulated an idea of um, public versus versus hidden transcripts, um, and and it, and he came up with this in trying to explain and and discuss aspects of um, the relative um, lack, or what could be described as a surprising lack of um, peasant rebellion, and and he. Argued that there's no, it's not that peasants do not rebel against their landlords because of there is some kind of a false consciousness, uh, but he argues that in fact there are these rich traditions. Um, I think there's a quote that is a peasant proverb that he quotes that is when the master is is around or when the landowner is around you bow you bow deeply and fart heavily or something like that. Um, but it's the idea. That that you that you simultaneously that there are these two scripts one which is is playing the social role and playing theater and then there's the other um, world um, that is among sort of subalterns that is that is um, you say how you really feel and, and even then it may be coded right that it's that is coded with illusion and metaphor. Um, as a, as a symbol of of, uh, of of or as as a strategy of protection so. That Everybody walks in, they don't know what you're talking about. Um, right, like, and then well, there's and not context. I, I mean, I think that's something we're arriving at in, in this show. I mean, I hate to sound like eh, these are all such first world problems, but the idea that everybody is a subaltern, right? Yeah, it, to a certain extent, in that, like, mm-hmm. everyone has an individual subjectivity that is, is um, what, uh, subjugated to yeah. social norms. Uh, and that, you know, that happens for everyone. That happens for Chuck as much as it happens for Matt Saracen, yeah. you know? Sure. And- this is uh, society. Society wants you to do something, right? And, uh, you know, when I say society, I say that as a Durkheimian and not as an angry teenager. <laughs> not as an angry teenager. Uh, the, um, yeah, well, right? I guess so. so. I, mean, I think this is, a, I mean, it's not exactly a Durkheimian uh, You know, do you remember reading the Scarlet Letter in high school? That was, you know, that was all we got out of it, at least when I taught it in high school. That was, that was pretty much all we got out of it. Um, and, you know, and it's a little, I guess it's a little tiresome or refrain to repeat, but it's, it's, it's no less true for that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's right. But I think that, no, I think that, I think that's really interesting that even, I mean, I think that's an interesting question of, I mean, it, it is also presents a very stark view of, of power relations, right? That in some ways that, you know, Gossip Girl has uh, views power as being this fusion between material power and normative power of, of cultural power and 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 but there still are at least purportedly powerful people in gossip girl right and sure. there's people who, who aim for power um and i think what's striking about friday night lights is that 
there are people who ought to be powerful. There are coaches. Um, there are there are you know we meet principals. We meet different. We meet quarterbacks. Um, you know people who are kind of leaders or at the top of various types of social hierarchies. And as as you see, uh, as as we've we've seen that they are very much constrained by by discourse and social roles. And that and that it presents a view of power that is much more of a a web that there isn't a smoke filled room. Right. This is it's a it's a um, um, actually, Mad Men esque view, uh, view of power. Well, it's or a much more, I mean, Mad it's a much more the Wire esque view of power, isn't it? That sure. like you sure. know what I mean. That sure. in the end, you are compromised, and and you you have to kind of make do with whatever institution you've committed yourself to because the, it it is not uh, uh, because in committing yourself, you have always already kind of surrendered a lot of agency. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's that's very interesting, and because the wire and the wire, though, the material forms of of power and inequality are are, are front and center as well. Um, but I think that you you get that um, this theme in part because of the parallelism between the worlds of of the street, you know, of the corner and the Barksdale organization and the Baltimore Police Department. Right, that, that as you see the similarities there, and when there are differences, it's often in, as the the Barksdale gang as the more effective institution, right? And in some ways, the you know, yeah, the, I don't think either are are liberty um, liberty promoting uh, that liberty promoting organizations, but they're right, that they are they're, they they have path, similar kinds of pathologies or, or different versions of the same broad class of, of pathologies, and I think you. You see that um, in in Friday Night Lights as well, and I think that it's interesting that you see this kind of the 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 this type of of, of being circumscribed by by expectations. I mean, this I guess this is another an early instance of seeing this this um, view of of gender gender presented in this way, and this is becomes um, and this is not a spoiler, but this is not a once off, and, and and you start seeing this type of meditation on these various dimensions uh, in which um, we are we are uh, which characters or which individuals are hemmed in um, subjectively or intersubjectively, um, and. I think that you know another character that we see this way is Matt Matt Saracen. Is that Matt Saracen could not possibly he's not a quarterback, right? Because he is a awkward, bumbling, um, kind of small dude, right? And that's not that's not a quarterback. Um, and and even though he won a game, even though he played a hell of a, he was not the reason they lost the other uh, game. Um, he is socially not a quarterback uh and 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 is not legible as a quarterback um and so i think there's a there's this interesting question of um what will he what will he be what will, what what is his what is his fate and i think that the kind of thematic question about that is more interesting again than like you know who becomes the starting quarterback in the long run um and and so and this is well this is an issue in part because after this um, this this game and I think this is an interesting transition. There's several events that happen narratively that are after they they lose the uh, the boosters the football boosters who provide funding for the football team um, 
they they and the chair of the boosters, Buddy Garrity, right, comes. Yeah, he, to, was, he was exactly who I wanted to talk about in in yeah. terms of like you know you find in societies sort of look like centers of soft power that don't that don't necessarily overlap. In fact, that rarely, if ever, overlap with the the sort of official power, right? Um, maybe so, maybe, maybe rarely. Maybe rarely, if ever, is an overstatement. But, you know, well, Buddy Garrity, yeah, okay, he has this sort of paramilitary organization yes, of yes, football yes, boosters. Yeah. But he's not constrained by uh, jurisdiction and by procedure in the way that, mm-hmm. you know, someone like a football coach or a um, school principal who has – or, you know, you know what I mean, who has sort of a whole host of obligations yeah, yeah. and kind of official – uh, sort of priest-like roles, you know, in yeah. in the, very publicly in the society has. He's free to work behind the scenes and to kind of short circuit um, certain processes. That it's a, you know what I mean. It's like recruiting voodoo. No, no, no. I'm, I didn't say anything about recruiting voodoo. You know what I mean? Yeah, that- yeah, 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 yeah. Well, exactly. And that and um, and right. So that I was thinking about the, that already. You know, and so in in the short run we. Okay, this is where the real power lies. Where the real power in this world lies with the boosters. They have they have the money, but they also have this legitimacy as um, having won um, championships in the past. Right? That that you see people, older dudes, the older dude menacing Julie Taylor at the Alamo freezer or wherever they are, right. um, tapping the ring. You'll never have one of these, Taylor. You don't have what it takes. Um, and and the, all of the boosters are, are I, I believe, are alums, right, of this program. Right? They're the they're the they're the Maasai elders. Um, sure. Um, like yeah, uh, I mean that's that's that gives them some sort of legitimacy for being yes. able to take credit. Yes, you know yes. what I mean. Like right, that is to exactly. Say, like it's a, it's a big question whenever there's an accomplishment. Like who is entitled to claim credit for the accomplishment? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. whose whose record does this check mark go on? And you know, in in a way, in a way. Um, uh, in a way, it gets kind of it gets kind of conferred, and these you know these people who maybe have never done anything else in their life have this thing to point to forever and ever, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that's I think that's right, and I think that an interesting question to ask and a thing to watch is is how they play with this dynamic. Because I think that as we kind of have this open question about the nature of power dynamics uh, in this world of Dillon, Texas, um, there's what there, there's this kind of short run material power, um, and then there are these larger kind of cultural, social forms of power. Um, and I think that as we we see some of these characters develop, especially the Buddy Garrity character, they they they, play, they start to play with that in interesting ways um, as well. Um, but as as you say, like part of how the, we start to see this face of the boosters and this side of this material and commercial side of of um, of football, uh, it's 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 in the guise of recruiting or recruiting scare quotes or not recruiting a um, which is which is definitely illegal a uh, football player from Louisiana, a Katrina refugee, um, who 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 is in the area and there's kind of this uh de facto underground uh like free for all market of trying to recruit this star quarterback who had like broken many uh school records won a state I like I like that it's being done out of a second floor motel room the way a lot of illicit businesses get conducted out of yeah. second floor motel rooms right 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's and it's very set up, right? Even though it is informal. I mean, there's family members like they they there's a market that that replicates a um, you know, sports agency market. Um and and yet it's it's uh it's 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 underground, right? Um and and I think it's I think it's very interesting. And and the, you know, he's he's this happens in part I mean, I think that I think what's interesting here is there's there's this question of and we, we were talking about doing things that are against the law, but I think that you know in some ways the question is like is this act against football right if there if is there some good to football that that this is violating um and i and 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 I think that you know what is it the people who are party to this transaction what what culpability do they have right i mean we have Coach Taylor wants to know about it, um, but doesn't say no to it because he he cannot. Um, you know he's he's taking orders in a sense. Even though, as I mean, I think we see this in in in, um, in episode four where Voodoo shows up to practice and um, is 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 just unmanageable already. That you see Coach Taylor being pretty. Um, unhappy uh about this situation and he has reservations all along like you know how it does does engage in this illegal act or go or you know does that violate some kind of spirit of football um and and you start to see already an alignment of the other players who you know of of even tim riggins um of smash Williams of of Saracen all against um, voodoo, right? And you see, there's like the group that goes on the the car bashing raid, which conspicuously does not include voodoo, right? Um, and that he's somehow outside of that circle. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the confrontation between him and who is it, Smasher? Smash, yeah, Smash. The, yeah. At the at the party where you know where there's this kind of macho confrontation that seems like this is not, even though it's kind of acted out symbolically, this is not a symbolic confrontation. This is an actual real confrontation over social power. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, well, I think it's important, right? It's like. I mean, it's like at a school like uh, like Dylan, right? That there's, you know, it's a largely white school with like a few black students, a few black players, right? And so that it's, it's there's this, um, and you know, I went to a mostly white high school, and there's this like implicit um, understanding, you know, that I mean, you know, there is this like, and, and everyone I guess knows it as a racist thought, but like, you know, you, there, there, there is like an expectation that like, oh, there's like the black player on the football or basketball team, right? That, that, that is a thing, um, and it's a thing that you know people talk around linguistically sure. in order to like not uh, perpetuate things but it's it's there right and and you you have this dynamic um with dylan panthers as well right that and and i think they deliberately set up you know uh especially as they had the original team and now the with jason street tim riggins and smash williams like smash williams is the black player right and so they're, they're they are playing with this um with with this with that dynamic um and i i think i mean i think it's like an important um uh uh, an important aspect i mean just also the fact that they name the character voodoo they're they're like uh they're they're conjuring something that is occult uh and and difficult to understand and comprehend 
right? As opposed to Smash, who is what is active and visceral and direct, right? right. So- I mean, they're two. They're two kind of like they're two kind of alternative ways of of manipulating energy or sort of interacting with the world, right? Like Voodoo versus Smash. Yeah, yeah. And they're honestly, they're also two alternative ways of kind of objectifying uh, and racial, like racializing, right? There's, there's like... Um, sure, yeah, they're, the, they're, they're black stereotypes. They're black stereotypes, right? There's, there's brute force and there's kind of occult, like... Or sort of guile, know. you know what I mean? Oh. Sort of guile and they're coming for all our white women and stuff like that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... This is this is almost apropos nothing, uh, but there's a there's a I, I saw a I want to give a shout out to a little um, uh, independent not independent play I guess you can't have an independent play but there's a a new play that was performed here in Boston called The River Was Whiskey um, by a playwright named Bill Fancher uh, who did graduate work here at. Uh, to work at, at BU, and he, he wrote a a um, play set in um, Mississippi in the 1940s that actually explores some of this stuff in very in very interesting ways um and actually uh plays you know in the, the kind of southern gothic genre um of of elements of of you know the meanings of some of these racial stereotypes um and how they how they play out um in this in like a line between the uh the the real and the the surreal um and so i mean it's, it's i think it was just put on for the first time here in boston so since you're like a person who puts plays on look it up river was whiskey it's a it's a good play and uh uh i don't know cool and the, Pimpin' it. I see. I see. I saw a play, Matt. Aren't, I, I'm, you, aren't you proud of me? I'm so. I'm so proud of you. But you go to it. You go to a lot of live entertainment. You know what I mean? Maybe not theater, but but theater is deadly dull most of the time. And I say someone who makes you know what I suppose passes for a living in it. Um, it you know, you'd be better. You're better off going to rock shows or to uh, improv comedy, and you probably you know have more skin in that game than you do in theater anyway. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's that's interesting. I don't know if it's just about l- length as well. I mean, even this play, which was a excellent uh, play, felt very, very long to me. And this is, it was about a hour and forty minutes with it with an intermission. Um, and I, I was, uh, it was, it was, it was difficult. Whereas a, you know. Uh, a 20, 25, 20 to twenty five minute herald is is really the right you know amount of of of, of you know three scene three herald in a night is, is is pretty good for my attention span or a, a band playing about twelve songs that's that's about what I need so if I can see many many small playlists um, I maybe maybe that would work better for me um any recommendations like that is there anything that's like that a a, a sweet i guess is it like the like uh, I'll, I'll go see a presentation of like neil simon's like plaza plaza suite or whatever it's called right mm-hmm. um right he has these no, well has i mean these... there, look there is there is actually a lot of tradition of 20 25 minute plays uh, but they rarely get performed outside of university training programs. You know what I mean? Mm. It's hard to sell a night of. Um, it's hard to sell a night like that. One person who has been successful on a large scale is Neil Labute, who has a, a kind of interlocking trip. Well, it's not interlocking. He has a triptych of plays that he calls uh, Bash. Um, 
Bash and uh, the three subtitles are Medea Redux, uh, Iphigenia in Orem, Orem being Orem, Utah, and uh, oh, I think the third one may be called Bash. I I forget the title of the third one. Um, And it was done by uh, Callista Flockhart and Paul Rudd when I saw it years Hmm. and years ago in... um, in Los Angeles. Uh, but it's three, you know, it's three 25 minute, uh, 25 minute plays. And if you find that, I find that like my, my attention span sort of flags after a 40 minute TV episode. I can't even watch movies anymore. Maybe, maybe you could get, get into short plays. I don't know. It's hard to yeah. sell. It's hard to sell a night of short plays. That's why they're not done more. But that's interesting because like it is sold and it, but it, but it's called, uh, uh a night of sketch comedy, right? So like, sure. I mean, I, 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 I would watch sketch drama or improv improv drama. I mean, and well, I mean, a lot of very good improv. We've got a lot of good um, long form improv. Is not, you know, funny ha ha ha. It is you know developing you know themes uh, over over time, right? Maybe I like. I like and, and and good sketch comedy does that as well. So things like Mr. Show, um, I mean, I guess the UCB TV show was really more like a Herald on TV, but it, it on TV looked like a sketch show. That these are, you know, that these seem like small bits, but they they weave together themes into a concrete whole. And I guess that's what's nice about um, about Friday Night Lights as well is that you know you say that. Um, you they, they, you know you can hardly get through a forty minute epi- uh, episode. I mean, I remember I watched season one of of Friday Night Lights in like one weekend, basically <laughs> um, back to back to back. Uh, this is kind of like uh, what you you a phenomenon you described as as, as snackable television. Yeah, uh, I got I to gotta return to that because my thinking about that has uh, has developed a little bit since we yeah, since I wrote that article, which was called like prolegomena to any you know uh, towards the theory of television snackability. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And my, uh, my, like my, my idea was more or less that the the rise of kind of buying TV shows on video or sort of subscribing to them, buying a, a subscription video service um, in order to watch a TV show all the way through, uh, leads to a different kind of storytelling and something that I call snackable uh, television. That is to say, it has what the food industry refers to as snackability, which is the kind of automatic hand to mouth motion that you get with like good popcorn or yeah. Doritos or something like that and you know tv that has that play 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 quality um but there are di- there are a couple of different ways to go about that and i think it's you know and i think it's interesting considering uh considering what they are but that's beyond our purview here well do we have that play 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 quality uh if so well wait another week and there will be another one of these episodes and uh we'll be talking about gossip girl um but if you um have uh, anything to say about uh about friday night lights um you know drop us a line uh t- us uh, at 203-285-6401, otherwise conveniently is 20 fat john 01 uh tweet us at tft podcast um on the twitters uh leave a comment in the show notes um go to our facebook page um tft podcast overthinking it.com um and start reaching out i mean we uh i'm interested to hear if you're getting into friday night lights if you were a um on this show for glee or gossip girl or skins um and we'd love to kind of uh hear your thoughts about about that um about 
about ritual, um, about uh, about uh, regulated and unregulated violence. Uh, but most of all, as always, we want to share our thoughts with you about these, these fucking, fucking teenagers. teenagers. Y'all come back now, here. <laughs>